Making it happen, we need to make it happen. You know what I mean? Welcome to the Classic Pulaski Podcast. Here's your host, Jonathan Pulaski. What is good, everybody? Welcome into the Classic Pulaski Podcast, Season Six, Episode Twenty Nine. This is the next to last episode of the season, by the way. Just letting you know. It is, we're going to take a, a fat little break because I'm going to start a new class. We're going to get some things organized around here, but then I'll be back for season seven. So hopefully you're excited about that. If you're excited about this episode and you don't already go over to Instagram and Facebook and you can drop a like and a follow over there and also over on youtube.com classic classic podcast. I'm going to be putting out a short, you know what? I, it's all about getting things started, right? Once you get the train started, I have it started, then it's going to be uh, working out pretty well. Well, this is going to be part of the YouTube short today. So if you have not already, go over and subscribe now to do that. Today, we're talking about Super Bowl 56 and the night that was what could have been the defining moment early on for Joseph Burrow, Joe Burrow. You know, the talk about, and by the way, I have some some takes. I'm going to try and find them in a classic plastic reacts tonight. But you heard uh, Matt Stafford on the way in uh, pretty inebriated, to be quite honest with you. Let, let's uh, let's let you listen to that clip uh, one more time here. I think it'd be pretty good for you guys to hear it again. All this time and for us, for uh, making it happen, we need to make it happen. You know what I mean? that's my favorite part (laughs) my dude is out there just having a heck of a time i don't know what he has in his hand um it's a massive bottle of something i think it's champagne but again tom brady he he went to twitter and said hey you know don't be afraid to mix in some water matthew stafford obviously tom brady knows a little bit about winning a super bowl or seven uh, so Matt Stafford, I think, played a decent game. Okay, let's just go through the Super Bowl, if we will, um, and just how things went down in Super Bowl 56. It was a defensive stalemate for the first, uh, I don't know, we'll call it about a half a quarter, until finally the Rams on third down and three from the 17-yard line. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth on NBC delivered this call. Stafford. Watch the throw by Matthew Stafford, the guy who has really had to carry all the pressure of the expectations. And so that is where the Rams would kick off with their scoring. From there, they would take a 7-0 lead. And the Bengals' run defense, if I could say, early on was just tremendous. I thought that they played really well to begin with. Um, Obviously, we'll see towards the second half how that changed. But Matt Stafford led him down the field. Odell Beckham Jr., I thought, was on the way to a Super Bowl MVP. I'm sorry, Jesus, that that did not come through on plus 2,800 odds. We'll talk through the injury that happened here in just a little bit. But then uh, the Bengals had a chance to respond later in the first quarter. After a three and out and then a three and out for the Rams, it was Joe Burrow on a first down and 10. Again, the matchup that we were looking for was the Rams defensive line against the Bengals offensive line on this play able to hold up again, Al Michaels. 
Straight drop. Going deep. Going deep in that direction. And he reaches out and makes the grab and takes it to the four-yard line. So Chase, wide right. Ramsey is one of the best in the league, obviously. Gets beaten there. I love how, uh, by the way, Al Michaels, tremendous. I, I think he's he's gone next year from NBC. Uh, but he's like, oh, there he goes. He fires. It is caught by Chase. It's it's so good. Like, just, just listen to it. Enjoy it. As time goes on, we're not going to have him around. I mean, it's like all these broadcasters, you know, Ben Scully, all these guys that have been tremendous for amounts of years. Uh, we're going to start losing some of them, like John Madden. So enjoy Al Michaels while you have him. Didn't mean to get too serious. But that took the Bengals down to the four-yard line. They would have to settle for a Evan McPherson a field goal to make it 7-3 at the end of the first quarter. And then more Odell Beckham Jr., if you can believe it or not. This was on a third down and 11, backed up at their own 24-yard line, and Matt Stafford delivered this. Comes up third and 11. Deep, deep drop. And the pass downfield, and Beckham is open again. Odell Beckham. And OBJ would pick up the first down. The Rams would continue on with this scoring drive, capped off by this. Because then Eli Apple reacted up to that and simply could not. I hate to say it, but Cooper Cup is the best receiver in the game currently. Probably will be for a little while. It changes year to year. I know we can have that discussion in the offseason. But he's wide open. Like some would say, very wide open. Uh, Eli Apple gets beat, as you can hear Chris Collinsworth say. And that puts the Rams up. 13 to 3, but here was the extra point. Okay, no. Hecker picks the ball up, bad snap. And the Bengals. The play is alive, that is Pratt and Bill. So Hecker, the punter, would miss the hold there on. And honestly, like, here's the deal as a guy who's held the football before. Um, that is on fresh paint, like that turf in LA, fresh paint, uh, going down in LA. So it's 13 to three at this point, again, just starting into the second quarter. But then finally with about five minutes and 52 seconds or so left in the first half, the Bengals draw up this play. On the screen, you've got Chase with Ramsey on and a little toss here. Mix is going to throw, open man, caught Higgins, touchdown. Joe Mixon to T. Higgins for the touchdown. I don't know who out there is a maniac enough to have the betting card that says a non-quarterback throwing for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I assume it's out there because of the Philly special a couple of years ago uh, and many others before that. But Joe Mixon throws the first touchdown for the Bengals that made it 13 to 10 going into halftime from there. Halftime was tremendous. I assume you guys heard the intro. You're going to hear a few more things as we go throughout the time here. Hopefully we don't get like flagged or anything, but listen, small podcast. You're not going to, you're not going to get that in trouble. I don't think they just, the worst they can do is pull it down. Right? So here is going to be, uh, 
still, you know, this is the ensuing drive for the Rams. I'm sorry. I jumped ahead through halftime. Uh, a significant moment here with under four minutes to go in the first half. And again, this was huge for the Rams if they lose this game. Beckham Jr. has been the nightmare so far. Savard, low throw, and uh, that's incomplete. And Beckham goes down a little slow. Yeah, that would turn into a torn ACL. That's and I, I can't watch replays of knees. I think it's it's the saddest and the worst thing in the world to see a non-contact throw or a non-contact play like that end up in a injury. Again, OBJ, I think, played his heart out. He could have very well been on his way to Super Bowl MVP. Already had a touchdown, had a good day receiving, but he ended up on the sideline with a torn ACL. And then the rest of this drive in the first half, again, I jumped the gun on halftime a little bit. Matt Stafford gets a little dicey with it with under two to go in the first half. Now a three-man rush. Been in a lot against Kansas City. Eight covering. Stafford says, go deep downfield, and it is picked off in the end zone. He sends Jefferson all the way down there, and Jesse Bates picks him off. So Stafford throws one of those one of those balls where you're like, eh, did it really have to happen? Sean McVay, they show the the recovery shot after that, and he's like, I don't know what he was doing, man. I don't understand Matt Stafford's thought process there. Sending Van Jefferson deep, again, great defensive effort by Jesse Bates, and they get the interception. However, it was for not, as they would score no points going into halftime. So then there's the halftime, and then there's probably the most controversial play that took place in Super Bowl 56 the first play of the second half for the Bengals coming up here. On this occasion, he told them, go finish. And Michelle, on play action, finding room, going deep, and it's caught by Higgins. He goes in for the score. Jalen Ramsey fell down. And just like that, in 12 seconds, a 75-yard touchdown. And it was with that throw that what I said on this podcast last week came to fruition where if T Higgins had over a hundred yards receiving, they were going to win the Super Bowl. That's where I was at in uh, my mindset was that T Higgins was going to have to be the star because Jamar Chase was going to get so much attention on the other side, on the other side of the field for that matter. T Higgins gets away with a massive offensive pass interference it's been talked about all over the place. I'm not going to dig into it. It was OPI. They didn't call it. And so the game moves on. The Rams would have it come back to them, and we'll get to that here in just a moment. So the following play after that touchdown, the Rams get the ball back and another huge play for the Bengals defense. Jefferson in motion. Off play action. Fired over the middle. Picked off at the 31-yard line. Awuzie. Skoranek couldn't handle it. And the Cincinnati Bengals in 22 seconds have a touchdown and a takeaway. Jadobi Wuzier, by the way, former Cowboy. That's the closest I've seen a Cowboy to a Super Bowl in a long time. Not picking on my own team. I'm just saying that's the reality of it. Uh, Skoranek could not hold on to the football. Again, they were missing OBJ at that point, And the Bengals would take over. However, they would not be able to do much with it as an Evan McPherson field goal would take them to 20 to 13. Again, McPherson was so good. Like let's let's be honest with you. He is the next 
man up, brightest star that we have seen at the kicking position. I know it's not a popular thing to talk about, but he has been a tremendous, tremendous kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals. Then the Rams go down, get a 41-yard field goal, made it 20-16, to and then we started getting dicey. We got into the fourth quarter. By the way, the Rams, we're going to talk about this here in a second. The Rams absolutely smashed the Bengals' offensive line, including this play uh, with two minutes left in the third quarter. Pressure again. Miller. Ball comes out, but the play is over. Signaled over. Von Miller racing through. Almost double-digit sacks. Uh, I don't know what the actual number ended up being. I think it was nine, possibly ten sacks. Aaron Donald had a great game. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Von Miller got a sack as well. And the Bengals really, you know, they were holding on to the lead. It was just one of those things where you had a weird feeling going on. They go back and forth in the fourth quarter. These two teams, neither one of them wanted to, you know, make the play for it. Um, in the end, it turned into being a really interesting fourth quarter where you had Matt Stafford roll his ankle and then you had Joe Burrow hurt his knee. So those two those two players, obviously, as big as you can get in the Super Bowl, uh, and those two guys just, you know, essentially put their teams on their back and said, I don't care if it's a torn ACL. Again, sorry, Odell Beckham. Um, but the reality is, is that, he was unable to play with the torn ACL, but the other guys came back in with the ankle injury as well as the knee injury to Joe Burrow. It was fourth down and one. This is probably the early play of the game at the time. Five minutes and 30-ish seconds remaining. Five minutes even, actually, on fourth and one from their own 30-yard line, and the Rams and Sean McVay called this. Cut. He's going to get it. And more to the 37. Cooper Cup picking up seven yards on that play. Again, this is the Cooper Cup drive. Next play on first down and 10. Stafford surveying. Straight drop. Fires. Caught. Cut. Third and two. They go no huddle. To the outside. And they hit. Stafford. Caught on the run. Cut. Who else? That last play was the one that if you have not seen the slow motion, uh, no look pass from Matthew Stafford as clean as it can get in the biggest stage at the biggest moment to Cooper Cup to get them into uh, the 26 yard line. And then we would go from there into uh, two minutes and 34 seconds to go. Comes out of the slot to the right, looks that way, fires that way, Cup makes the grab at about the 18 yard line. So Cooper Cup, again, dominating the drive as they go down. There are some very controversial plays here. Logan Wilson gets called for a defensive holding. The entire game, the refs had thrown pretty much zero flags. I mean, it had been a couple of flags that were pre-snap penalties, but this was one that cost the Cincinnati Bengals the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Again, the Rams might have scored on a fourth down and goal or something, but let the game play out in the way that it's supposed to. And here is Matthew Stafford once again making the play of his career. Pass. Cut. Got it. Touchdown. A 15-play, 79-yard drive that results in Cooper Cup winning the Super Bowl MVP. 
That's how it turned out. Super Bowl 56. I know Joe Burrow had a chance. Here's the thing. The Rams played a really good game. So did the Bengals. The referees did stick their head in at the end of the game, and it's unfortunate. But it was a great game to watch. Enjoyed the heck out of it. I really did. Cooper Cup ends up being the Super Bowl MVP. Matthew Stafford, a Super Bowl champion, cementing him as a Hall of Fame quarterback, I believe, coming up here once he retires in the next couple of years. You guys let me know what you thought about the Super Bowl. Hopefully you enjoyed kind of this play-by-play back through it. I know it's a little bit different, but again, Matthew Stafford played really well. That defensive line, Aaron Donald coming down the stretch. I'm actually going to play that play for you. Aaron Donald, so good down the stretch. It came down to a fourth down and one with Joe Burrow. Again, I will never understand why Samaj P. Ryan is running the ball on third down and one when Joe Mixon had had a really good game. But here was the game sealer by Aaron Donald. Fourth down and one from the 48-yard line of the Rams. Burrow trying to keep it going. Gets spun down, gets it away, and incomplete. It looked like P. Ryan might have had a shot to make the grab, but the Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. And guess who? Guess who? I mean, you don't even have to think about it. It's Aaron Donald. It is. Aaron Donald cementing himself, I think, is the greatest player of all time on the defensive side of the ball. He might be done. We'll have to see about it. But unfortunately for us, we might have seen the end of Aaron Donald. Hopefully not. I, I think he'll come back. He'll be thirsty for some more, but we'll have to see. Uh, but again, let me know what you think about this year's Super Bowl. The Los Angeles Rams end up winning it 23-20. to I was wrong against the spread. I had the Rams minus four. Um, I actually had 31-24 Rams. Uh, so missed that by a bit. Vegas wins on the money line with, uh, if they chose the Bengals, obviously they lost. And if you had the Rams minus four, you lose. So Vegas made a ton of money on this year's Super Bowl. Let me know what you think over on Instagram and on Facebook. On the other side of the break, I just have a really quick block. And the quick block that I want to give you is I have a solution. And I think I might have brought this to you before in an episode. I have a solution for the Olympics and what it does to the economics of different um different countries as they have to perform and make these massive stadiums for the olympics as they're wrapping up i just want to do one quick bit on that again super bowl we'll talk plenty of football over this next uh, couple months or so we will have a season finale coming up soon and then we'll take a little bit of a break not a lot of break because last break uh coming back into it in the off season you guys were phenomenal you love the guest So I'm looking forward to doing that once again. So coming up on the other side of the break, we'll talk a little bit of the Olympics. You're listening to the Classic Pulaski Podcast. Welcome back to the Classic Pulaski Podcast. Again, thank you for checking this distinguished podcast out. Listen, uh, here's the thing. I, I love football. I love basketball, golf. Baseball, I'm okay with. I really am. I'm okay with it. 
I don't watch it as much, but it's just the reality of it is that I just don't care as much. And I apologize for those of you who do out there. I'm not good. This isn't the podcast for you. If you're a baseball person, we'll talk a little bit of it, but we're probably not going to go in depth. You know, like who's going to be the fifth man in the White Sox rotation this year? It's just probably not going to happen. But again, welcome back to the show. Uh, go follow and like the Instagram and Facebook page at Classic Plastic Podcast. Also over on YouTube, Classic Plastic Podcast. I'm going to be putting out a short tonight. It'll be pretty interesting. Uh, we'll see. Um, maybe you guys will like kind of the behind the scenes look that I'm going to give to you. But I wanted to give and bring this very short block and get kind of the community thought process on this. The Winter Olympics are wrapping up in Beijing, okay? There's only a few places in the world that you can have the Winter Olympics, especially this time of year, because in the Southern Hemisphere, it's summer. You can't really pull that off. Southern Hemisphere, sorry, you're not, you're not going to get Olympics unless it's Sydney. You pull off something like that. I know we have before. There, there have been some that have been pulled off. Uh, has to be a very particular year, Rio, all that stuff. I want to present to you a way, because just Google, like Olympic venues that have been abandoned, okay? We've all gone down this rabbit hole. I think I've gone down it multiple times where stadiums are built very specifically for the Olympics, and then they're gone forever. They're hardly ever used again. Some get reused. Some don't. I propose that four locations for both the summer and winter Olympics, so eight total, get a chance to host the Olympics. I think that's a fair thing to do, both for, I know it's economically, it's like, oh, but, you know, what about what about South Africa that needs the so-and-so? I'm like, okay, I get, I get it. Like, the bringing in the money is great, but you have to make back like $10 billion at least to get back your money on these stadiums. And during the pandemic, I think we learned, yeah, we can go watch stuff. Like, it's fun. But do we have to? Like, if you have a front row seat with the beautiful 4K cameras, do you really need that? So here's here's my proposal. In the Summer Olympics, you have four locations across the world, okay? here's Here are the locations that I would give. First off, I would give Los Angeles, the hub of, I think, what Southern California can give as far as weather goes for outdoor events, Indoor events, I think it's fantastic. You have the Staples Center. You have all these things, right? Uh, a lot of Olympic-sized pools around there. You're going to have plenty of people that will congregate to Los Angeles. So Los Angeles, I think, is one for the Summer Olympics. Number two, I think, is is the originator of the Olympics is Rome. Go back to the Grecian Rome, all that, like that area where it's it's historically there. Now, fun fact... I can go down a whole rabbit hole of church history, but the first Olympic Games weren't brought back to like 1858 or something like that. They were cut off because it was deemed something by a Roman emperor. <laughs> Just go Google it. Again, I, I don't want to bore you with the history lesson, but there was, a, there was an emperor that was like, no, 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 we're going to stop. In 1858, we brought it back as an athletic competition, not as much of a gladiatorial uh, competition. So I think Rome, Greece, that area should have a Summer Olympics. I think the only opportunity that you can get for a Summer Olympics uh, or for an Olympics period in Australia is a Summer Olympics. So give Sydney a Summer Olympics area. And then, you know what? You can have a toss-up. You can have China. I think China is probably a better 
or, you know, China, Tokyo, one of those areas as a summer Olympic venue. Uh, we had Tokyo and supposed to be 2020 is 2021. I think that would be fine. Tokyo, give, give one of them the summer Olympics. Maybe they do that together. Maybe we make this a kind of a quadrilateral um, Olympic area. Then for the winter, I go Canada. Absolutely. Canada, number one, um, somewhere in Canada. Number two, I think is Russia. I think Russia should be in that at some point. I really do. And then the rest of it, we've we've had some really, like the winter ones are not as like dead on, I think, as the summer Olympics. But I think we should have four locations for both the summer and the winter Olympics. So over the course of 20 years, you're going to get a Olympics there or an Olympics there. Okay. English is hard. Let me know what you think about this idea. I think it's interesting. I know the Olympic committee will never do it, but I think we could save these particular countries trillions of dollars, probably not trillions, more like billions of dollars. Keep the stadiums nice, use them for soccer games and other things like that. World championships of track. But I think we can avoid doing damage. Maybe I'm not a tree hugger, but I think that over time I've been more mindful of the world and how what we do to it to build stuff can actually hurt us. So I think that would be a good plan. You guys let me know what you think. I know it's a different block, uh, but I want to talk a little bit on the Olympics simply because it's just different, just different. Uh, so go over to Instagram, Facebook. Let me know what you think about the Olympic venues thought. I think it would be very interesting uh, to see that. A season finale is coming up of the Classic Plastic Podcast, 30 episodes. 30 episodes in a season. It's unreal. We have been just chugging along. I've loved every second of it. The podcast setup is looking phenomenal. I'm going to, during the break, whenever I do take a break, I'm really going to hone in on this YouTube channel. So go over and subscribe over there to Classic Plastic Podcast. I might just be doing a full YouTube video each week. Like that might be my goal is over the course of a couple weeks, you know, pump out some YouTube videos, let you know who I am, you know, follow me around to a golf course, follow me to work, all that type of stuff. If you're interested, go subscribe over at youtube.com slash classic plastic podcast. Do it now because we're through episode 29 right now. Hopefully you've enjoyed this 26 minute and a half podcast tonight. Oh God, I'm going to die. Hold on, I gotta get some water. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna leave this in. I almost died on air right here. Hold on. Oh, that was gross. I don't know what it was. But if you've enjoyed this very stumbly end to the podcast, please do let me know. Over on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks to my partners, by the way. Coach Easy Fitness. Brandon Nizel, phenomenal human being. Poddex.com. Podmatch.com and Saved by Christ Apparel. Hit me up on Instagram or Facebook if you want to know more about any of those products. I'll shoot you over uh, some good deals with that. I think that'd be a really cool thing to get that going as well. And if you'd like to support this podcast, go over to anchor.fm slash classic plastic podcast and you can donate 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month or $9.99 a month. If you are loving the content, please do that right now. It means a lot to me. Would love to bring video to this podcast as well to help boost that YouTube channel. Please do that now. I love you guys. I will see you guys next week right here on the Classic Plastic Podcast. See you guys later. Later.